Good morning, good afternoon and good evening all. Before I begin today's podcast, I would like to thank all the audio clip people and all the sound effects people I found on the internet royalty free. They will be credited at the bottom of this podcast and in my social media posts. So do check them out on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as following everything I wish I knew on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. All the links will be below. So yes, thank you for listening. Let me take you back to a time where things were a little simpler. As September came, the smell of fabric softener was in the air. Jumpers and blazers of questionable colour choices were worn across the country by students. And our iPod nanos probably had the chart number one. Justin Timberlake's Sexy Back. I'll perform it for you all now. (coughs) (laughs) No, I will not be bringing Sexy Back. You do not deserve to hear that. I will not put anyone through that level of torture. But I did go to a school that might as well have performed it. Welcome back to 2006, where I attended a school specialising in the performing arts, where I had no talent and those dreams of being popular, cool and pretty. Yeah, that went out the window very quickly. Of course, we had English, math, science, etc., But music, dance and drama were where all the cool kids were at. Was it bad? No, not at all. But it's a bit awkward when you have no artistic talent. As autumn came, the leaves fell, as did my dreams. Crushing leaves became the weight of my reality. And I was mad. Why was I mad? Well, you know all those shows I used to watch as a kid? You know, I think we all used to watch them as well. And you think, hmm, maybe my school would be like that. Maybe I could be like her. Well, I'll put it simply for you. I had no psychic powers. I did not suit a blonde wig. I did not play in a band, nor did I have any singing training or any form of singing voice. I could not dance, not at well, anyway. No good-looking sports guy was going to sing with me, not that I could sing and not that they would have anything to do with me. And finally, where was my owl? But don't worry. I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. It's fine. So what happened? Well, going from my diary back then, it was both bad and very cringy. October 20th, 2006. Dear diary, my life is great. October 31st, 2006. I hope things get on track. Dear diary. I just finished my first term. It was my first day back in school. And it was okay. Dear diary. Today was not a good day. I was in the courts with my crush and I told him that I might be falling for him. We were the only people on the other side of the playground. March 29th, and these two girls who I did not like came Dear diary, up to us I've learned that boys November are thirty of two thousand girls are mean. Dear I'm just going to lay low. Keep I am quiet. Pissed. Not say a word. Why? Because this princess in class always gets her bloody way. Yeah, it wasn't great. But it wasn't really awful when I think back. These things I used to complain about just seem so small now. But those first years of high school, I learned something. And as I woke up from a world beyond television shows and books and whatever media I used to consume, I learned that as a whole year, we shared many things in the realm of teenagehood. But as I got older, problems got bigger and became more visual and apparent. Finances, race, gender, sexuality, you name it. On top of just working your way through your own insecurities, these things became all more apparent. And I never realised until the age of 12 just how limited my life had been. So one day after school, I invited a friend to come over. Now picture this. It's a Friday. The bell has just rang. Hordes of children are running out of the school. 
the school gates were flooded just so many kids running out racing to get on the bus racing to get to parents who were picking them up and as my friend and i were walking home we were chatting how our days had been how our classes had been how did we find this teacher who did we like who did we dislike in terms of our teachers general school stuff you know nothing terrible happened general nice chit chat it wasn't until we got home that i really realized that we were actually a little different She came to my house. My parents were home. My mother, anyway. We came into the house. We had a snack. We chatted. My mum prepared us the snack, in fact. And I excused myself for a minute. I went upstairs. I changed my clothes, but I shouted from the top of the stairs to my friend. Pal, do you want any extra clothes or to change? And she replied back with a, No, I'm good, thanks. Okay, so I changed. As I changed into a jeans and a t-shirt and I bundled my uniform, I turned to my mother and yelled, Mum! She replied, what? To which then I replied back to her. Shall I put my uniform in the bin? She replied, yes. This was a standard in my house. So I took my uniform, socks, trousers, hideous jumpers and things and put it in the washing. I came downstairs in my newly changed clothes and my friend looked at me, her mouth agape, utterly shocked. And she turned to me and said, you must be rich. And I said, no, I'm not. Why would you think that? To which she replied, You put your uniform in the bin. Do you get a new uniform every week? I was astounded. What do I say to that? I just told her the truth. No, I don't get a uniform every week. When I say the bin, I mean the washing bin. The reason I asked is because the one upstairs was getting full. I didn't know if my mum had a spare bag. She seemed a little embarrassed, but she genuinely believed for a few minutes that every week I got a brand new uniform. To which then she looked around my house and said, Yeah, you guys, I I just assumed with everything on the walls, you must be wealthy. And I assured her that I wasn't. I mean, we weren't poor, but I never viewed myself as wealthy. And this became apparent when we went to school that how different everyone's upbringing was. Luckily, I wasn't the only ones who felt that or understood that or was aware of it. I want to introduce you all to somebody, listeners. This is my friend Dylan. Now, Dylan and I met at university, but we got to talking and I had to ask him if this was me in the UK, what was it like for him in the US? My family was well off, but they weren't rich for the neighborhood. Like I I was at a very rich school in a wealthy part of town. And so my mom had gone there for the safety aspect of it, but she was not herself super well off or super rich. And so being quote unquote poor kid, like I say that in, in a very sheltered, privileged way, because obviously we weren't poor, but comparatively speaking, in a middle-class family in an upper-class school. In some ways, that made me feel a little bit like fish out of water or a stranger in a strange land when I was growing up while I was interacting with the more, I guess, standard-issue, white-collar, rich American kids that made up the bulk of the student body. So I'm certain that that had something or a, a large part to do with the amount of friends or the closeness of friends that I made at school on average. But needless to say, I felt pretty stupid. At the age of 11, 12, I assumed that everyone had the same upbringing to me. It never occurred to me that other people were struggling in that way. I was so sheltered, and I'm so glad I woke up to that. In those 195 days, I cursed the media. I consumed so vigorously and religiously, and realised that I too was different. Not necessarily financially, but I was different in a different way. Go back to where you came from. Ah, the ugly head of racism. This was the first time I'd met you. 
there was a kid on the playground who told me to go back to where I came from. And well, it's never really a nice thing to hear. You never know what to quite say to it. What did I do? Well, if you knew me between 2006 and 2012, I just cried. I cried at everything. Luckily, in that scenario, the kid got expelled, I think, for a few days or... He got told off and he definitely got reprimanded for it. And the school did take it seriously. I don't want to say it gets any easier, but I think the processes I've learned in, as I got older and how to deal with it, it helped. But ultimately, it's something that needs to be cured in society. As I grew older, this took a different shape. Worse things have been said to me. Better things have restored my faith. Due to my heritage, I was different. Do not mistake me, listeners. I was never embarrassed by it. If anything, I always felt in a safe space to be proud of it. I was always quite lucky in that sense. The phrase go back to where you came from was perhaps one of the nicer ones that I've been called. And I say that very loosely. This dose of reality was never easy to swallow. But we did it. Took it in our strive and did our best. It didn't stop in the first 195 days. It appeared over the 1,385 days and beyond sometimes. I had good days, mostly good. Then we had our bad days. As we navigated our ways through checking timetables of the rough shores of PE, the lighthouse for me that was English literature, avoiding the angry, pretentious art teacher saying that I was not good enough. Meanwhile, staying on the good side of the stern, but pretty cool chemistry teacher. But the thing that's probably the most consistent out of all that time at school, well, let me tell you, was the bitchiness. And I say this now with an open hand and an open heart, that I, too, was guilty of it. It's easy to get sucked into that world. You're not they are pretty stupid. What do people see? Oh my god, they smell so bad. Who do they think they are? seen bitch. You look like ugly She's belly. actually pretty. I guess the Mean Girls, they weren't as comically vicious, you know, as you would expect from the movie. But, I mean, this might also just be because I don't really know what was going on in that clique for real. Because I didn't know very many Mean Girls particularly. But there were some vicious fuckers in there. I'd like to think that, that was pretty much that there would be vicious fuckers in any school you go to. These were the moments that my dose of reality came like a brick in the face. I was guilty of it. I participated too. I've learned to stop. I've learned to calm down. For some of us, schools were a change. Others made new friendship groups and sacrificed other friends. New bonds were formed. People were trying to climb to a higher social status. But then we formed new bonds and we saw a light at the end of the tunnel. Someone to hold our hand through these 1,395 days. I realised why the film Mean Girls was so popular. Because elements of it were true. But I can honestly promise you one thing. The one thing I could take from all the media I consumed. From everything at the end. It actually got better. So that first dose of reality is going to be tough to swallow. It was tough to swallow. But it awoken something in me. But even through those seven years. Those long 1,385 days. Things weren't bad. And maybe a dose of reality wasn't a bad thing. Now I know some of you listening to this are thinking... You've gone really vague into these issues. You haven't even mentioned half of them. There's a reason for that. These were the small, contained, little things that I went through in high school. And some of us went through in high school or acknowledged or saw. As this series progresses, as I get older, I want to face these injustices and show you the level of depth that they've caused, that I've seen, that I've experienced. It was at the age of 11 slash 12 that I saw these things happen, that I experienced these things happen. And I was utterly shocked. So like I said, that first dose of reality isn't necessarily a bad thing. It may have ruined an innocence of childhood for me. 
but it was most certainly a wake-up call that I needed. And little did I know I would go on to the present day, witnessing, experiencing and learning how to deal with such challenging experiences. But I don't want to talk about the sad things for too long because obviously that gets a bit too depressing and I don't really want to dwell on it for so long. But they are important subjects. But one thing I realised the media I consumed didn't tell me or didn't show me at the very least was the changes we made. And even though I wasn't friends with a lot of people back then, there was one thing I saw and I observed and I was really happy to see were little positive changes in clicks. And that even though maybe we weren't friends back then or people I wasn't particularly close with weren't exactly friends with me and etc. I saw things and heard things that restored my faith in humanity. The kids who went through financial struggles, I saw them receive help from their own friends. All the girls who felt insecure. I remember seeing and hearing about conversations on MSM Messenger of girls being supportive to one another that you definitely wouldn't see or have it be shown. It's little things like that that I never saw in media. There was always just a mean girl and a nice girl in the grand scheme of things. And yes, there's an element of that that's still true. But even the girls and the boys and the individuals and the those who are insecure about so many things, be it their gender, their identity, their race, their financial situation, their insecurities, every single one of them. Despite all the negativity that was out there, there was also lights of positivity. And that's one thing I don't think our media showed as well. You know, we never saw the supportive comments that were made on MSN Messenger to one another. We never saw the inspirational speeches we used to give to one another. And there were hard days, but they lifted us up. And to those people who are those people on the playground or in the office or wherever you are, Thank you for making my doses of reality a lot easier. After all, when the individual was racist to me when I was about 12 or 11, it was two girls who weren't in my social circle that stood up for me. When I was feeling really insecure about my grades and I got a B, which was the highest mark I received in one test, two of my friends who were A-star students applauded me and made me feel like I had won a Nobel Prize. Those were the moments that made reality bearable and continued to. So yes, the bitchiness was there the hard times were there and it's reassuring to know that there was somebody else on the other side of the planet going through those things like me like you like us but there are also those people in our groups in our lives who make it bearable who are that little glimmer of hope who are our lighthouses to guide us in dark times i know this podcast may sound silly or embarrassing or ridiculous but i just want to say to them thank you So if I could ask myself back then what I would do, I would be more forthright in telling off the kids who were racist to me, probably tell the teachers around me of what was actually happening. But most importantly, I think admit when you need help. But I can tell you from the experience of myself and others, asking for help is really not a bad thing and is actually an incredible, brave and strong thing to admit. Because with everything I wish I knew, you definitely made the first dose of reality a lot more bearable. So those first doses of reality, I guess they weren't so tough to swallow. And I just want to say once more to all those people, thank you. And to all my listeners who've tuned into my first episode, thank you so much for listening and I'll see you in two weeks. Bye!